millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes you are. Uh, Each week we get together we talk about cars, motorsport, F1... Car, what else? Cars? Cars? We cars, 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 cars. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash behind the glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. 40 thousand subscribers i actually didn't know what you was going to start <laughs> i was gonna say forty thousand pounds go oh wait we've already done that we now have tony forty thousand subscribers very good on youtube very i mean thank i kind of wish i still had the sound effects i'm glad you don't <laughs> that's a throwback for for og listeners <laughs> Season three listeners when I used to be able to push buttons on my audio mixing desk and, and dodgy sound effects would play. I remember. Everyone hated them. Yeah. But I mean, thank you. I mean, thank you for those of you that have subscribed to the Behind the Glass YouTube channel. Thank you. We really appreciate it. It we means do. a lot, doesn't it? It, it feels really exciting. Does, yeah. yeah. It's a cool number. I mean, obviously we would also like a hundred thousand subscribers. We'd like a million. Or, or 50 next. 50. But <laughs> it feels like we've been around 30 for a while. Yeah. So that 40 mark. And it's just this big upswing at the moment. We hear a lot of positive do. We're getting some great feedback. We really appreciate it. And then seeing that number, yeah, sort of tick over 40,000. Just, just cool. So we're, we're glad you're committed because we are. There we so, go. Well said. Pleasure. Um, we have to thank some patrons, some recent patrons as well, because not only do we love our subscribers, we love our patrons. Uh, Luke Meadows, Charlie Gray, Ben Clutterbank, uh, Martin Bowen, Bowen Bowen, uh, Alex McGregor, uh, you're all heroes. So thank you so much for, for New signing ones? up. New ones. Wow, lovely. New editions. Very good. Lads, all the lads. I think we have one or two female patrons. There you go. Can we get more? <laughs> no. Calm down, Tony. No. That is, it's not that kind of show. No. I do oh. not want a lawsuit. I know we're going to get some lawsuits from manufacturers, but I don't want another kind of lawsuit. I'm good at defending them. I've had a few of my times. <laughs> oh my God, I can only imagine. God, where's this, where's this episode going? Let's bring it back to cars, shall okay. we? Uh, so yeah, let's talk about last week. We did this hilarious thing. Where I said, there's so much to talk about. And that was one of our shortest episodes yet. So oh, I'm not going to promise the length of this episode, but I'm going to promise that there are things to talk about. Because of course, now we know about McLaren Artura. We know about the GT3. We've heard rumours of the 812 special variant. Uh, Morgan Plus 8 has been announced. Synthetic fuels we were just talking about off air a second ago. Uh, I've had some pretty amazing press drive opportunities. And the F1 season is finally kind of kickstarted with a load of launches. So that's a 
It's a preview. It's a preview. I saw a new shape F type just now. <laughs> what? Are you going to do this every week? Well, I don't see one every week. I'm no, just... but you bring up F-Type every... <laughs> ever since I went, you know, I think I might buy another F-Type. Go on. So you saw a new shape F-Type. Oh, I was quite uninspired, but he just sort of drove past and I sort of didn't really look at it twice. I just sort of let it go past me. It hasn't got the same effect, does it? No. They've lot... It's... I actually quite like it. I think it's a pretty mm, car. Me too. And you look at it and go, well, that's nice, but it it's not very inspiring like the old one. No. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just fed up with cars now. I don't know. I, don't <laughs> I think know. you are. Oh, You're yeah, becoming increasingly yeah. negative about all cars. I am, yeah. But yeah, it's very pretty, but I'm the same. Like, I think... So in my whole, like, I'm going to buy another F-Type and, and following my recent E-Type experience, I'm now like, I have to have another Jaguar. I kind of start to think, well, look, if I'm buying a... 70, 65 grand SVR, which I shouldn't be because it's way too much money. Why not just buy a new F-Type? But I still do lean towards the old shape one. Oh, I'd have, a, I'd have the older shape SVR over the new car. A hundred percent. See, I think I would too. And why is that? I, don't, I just It's a bit more beefy and brutish, the old How one. How much are them E-Types? Oh, mate, I have been checking on this. So the one I drove, 300 grand. Oh, my God. But that's top of the pile, mate. That is top, because that's restored by Jaguar themselves. Right. So it's as high as you can go. Now, to buy a Series 1 project car is in a rust bucket that you're going to have to put back together. You're already looking at 50 grand for a rust bucket. Really? Yeah. For so, a complete restoration car. As in, know that you've got to restore. That's what I'm yeah, 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 yeah. For one that's already been restored, I think probably 150. I because think. you know what I can't get my head around is that, I mean, I, I would if I was going to buy a classic car, it would be something like that or one of them gold wing Mercs. You know, the really pretty gold Merc. wing. Uh, yeah. Or is it, <laughs> what did you what, say? No. You said gold wing. Go, gold wing. Yeah. Is it? Um, and what's it? What, no. And what's the other one? The is it the pagola? Pagoda. Pagoda. Yeah. That, <laughs> the gold wing? No, it's not. It was the pagoda that I'm looking at. Okay. Pagoda. That, Very pretty. That or that E-type. If I Can you imagine that? Putting up outside I can't imagine you in either. Why? Well, well, mate, I mean, firstly, you've spent the last three years telling me about how you hate old cars. Secondly, I think you'd be furious because, you know, it wouldn't turn on or something would fall apart. And I just don't see you in a class. I just, I can't imagine you in a classic car. What, getting out at Harrods with a suit on? Getting out one of them? Are you joking? Like James Bond? are you getting out at Harrods? Have you come from Dubai or something? What what? No, but there's just, if you've got one of them cars, that's where you park right outside on the double reds and then let it get towed away, I suppose. Uh, it's what you should do. I was too nervous to do so. <laughs> so do when I had the E-Type, uh, I I went out super early on a Sunday morning. Obviously, <laughs> lockdown here in the UK at the moment, so the roads are pretty dead. Um, but Harrods and the roads in Knightsbridge, completely abandoned. And you I was went like, there? Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is, what a shot. The E-Type outside Harrods in the like taxi. Like, and so I'm like, great. So I, as I'm driving up, I see all these signs saying, no stopping for any reason. And like red lines everywhere. And I went... I'm a pussy, I'm getting out of here. You didn't, you didn't stop? <laughs> so I bailed, yeah. Oh. I know, it would have been a good photo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I don't see it. So across the street here, um, Duke of London, his missus, uh, uh, Georgia, has a very nice green pagoda, which you should go and look at. They've just restored it. The Merc? Yeah, the Merc. Oh, no. Green yeah, with tan. It's, they oh, put it back together really, really well. How much is that? Uh, I don't know. You can ask her. I have no idea. They've just, oh, they've just done yeah, a whole no, job on it. That do me something like that. They're the only two classic cars that I would ever consider buying because do you know what? 
I probably wouldn't drive them that much because it wouldn't work. Well, the Merc would probably work. I don't know. I, I mean, mean, I don't know either. The the E Type that I I mean, it, of any weekend for it to not work, the weekend I had it was the weekend that it was going to break. I mean, it was minus two, minus three degrees the three days or two and a half days that I had it. It was pouring with snow one day. It was raining. I left it overnight. I came in here, key in the ignition, choke up, start a button. Boom. It was warm inside. Like no, I mean, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Do you know? But but do you know what? A car like that would do me because I just, I I would I wouldn't mind just looking at it. I wouldn't care if it didn't work. And the day the the amount of times that I would actually use it, mm. it would be honestly like a couple of times a week to go to London to have some dinner. <laughs> You know, to pull up outside Scott's or something like that. <laughs> Better than Harrods. I mean, you've, you've sorted your life out a bit. But I think the point being that it, it wouldn't be a couple of times a week. No. It would be a couple of times a year. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I mean, that is the truth. It's like, we'll be after I paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was so, driving that E-Type around. I, I got so carried away and I was I was doing all the research and I was Googling. I thought, oh, here we go. This is this is my my new life. I'm going to be a tinkerer. I'm going to have an E-Type down so that I'm tinkering with. But... They're special because they're not the everyday experience. And I would love to think in my head that I would have an E-Type and I would drive it as a daily. Mm. But you wouldn't. I mean, no. you, you just wouldn't. And, no, no, and no. so they're special for what they are and for the experiences you have with them. And as I say, I drove it rain, snow, sun, and, and every occasion it was brilliant. Um, but you've got to be realistic. If you're having a car that age, it's, it's few and far between. But if you can afford to do so, why not? Yeah. I think Pagodas are a lot more expensive. Than, uh, sorry, a mo- mo- lot more value. Uh, oh my God. Affordable, a lot more affordable than a E Type, I think. But we'll go and ask around after. Well, this. I think you'll be surprised, mate. Oh, they're not cheap, no. but I don't think they're 150. I think I think you can seventy or eighty. Maybe I don't know. Mm. Um, I'm interested. You've said that though, but yeah. Long story short, how we all kick this off. Yeah, F Type versus E Type and things like that. Um, yeah, that new shape one just doesn't have the same charm on character. I don't think. What about DB Five? How much are they now? I mean. I mean, are they a couple of million, three million? Yeah, I think lots. Oh. I think lots. I mean, that'd the, be another one I'd like. What about a two fifty short wheelbase? I'm one of them. Yeah, what's happened to you? No, no, no. You're but... all right this weekend. No, <laughs> you have a fall. No, you're well, getting older. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm getting older. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the yeah. problem. But you know, I mean, these cars are really cars that I didn't think you'd ever appreciate. But yeah, that no, I appreciate two fifty short wheelbase, um, the E Type, and. Oh, there's probably lots of others that I'm forgetting. But, mate, it's, have you ever driven anything from the 60s? Yes. What have you driven from the 60s? The E-Type. Oh, okay, sorry. The Pagoda. 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 So, the so... Gold, the Goldwing? Have you driven the Goldwing? No. So, God, in my... <laughs> in my early years, mm-hmm. as a pup, I'd done some uh, valeting. Oh, Some course. cleaning. Yes. Oh, we've spoken about it. Uh, very long, very long. And I used to... Um, Clean two of them. Ah, because yeah. at that point, the 1960s, you were what, 12 or 15 years old? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. still got bomb damage. Okay, well, let's move on uh, because we promised to talk about new cars, new supercars. Good. Rather than old 60s things. Uh, and yes, we teased it last week, but we didn't know a lot of information. Now we do. Let's dive straight into it with the brand that we're trying to give a second chance this year, McLaren. Oh, you're taking off your jacket. That's how serious it's getting, Tony. Because the Artura has now been revealed. This is the replacement for the 570S. It's kind of supposedly going to help us uh, differentiate McLaren's product lineup. Uh, but it is the first McLaren from this new age McLaren automotive era as a different engine. Mm. We've got a hybrid turbocharged V6 engine, not 
the V8 that's been used in every single car they've made. Yeah. Um, lots of impressive facts and stats and figures about this car. Impressively lightweight, so it's it's under fifteen hundred kilos. I think it's fourteen. I've got it written down somewhere. Anyway, fourteen something. Um, and considering it's got a hybrid powertrain, pretty impressive. Yeah. Batteries uh, sort of behind or underneath the passenger seats, but the cabin's actually quite a lot bigger. Yeah. Loads of new bits, new carbon tub, new suspension. Uh, design is a sort of evolution, I would say, of 570. Um, but yeah, lots of impressive things on paper about this car. Looks a little bit like a 5 Series... Sorry, a 5 Series. A 5... Uh, a five uh, wait, what are they 600 called? 600 LT? No, no, no. The, the GT... McLaren GT. Yeah. yeah. It's not a 5 anything, is it? It's no, just it's a, a GT. Yeah. <laughs> and a little bit like a 720S at the front. So, the, yeah. It's is that right? A 720S had an inappropriate relationship with a 570S. Yes. Yeah, and then it got the rear end of a GT. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, just to clarify before we go in on this car, uh, to this now sort of supposedly simplifies McLaren's lineup. You've got the GT is your entry-level car. This is the everyday McLaren I actually can't remember the price, but 150-odd grand, I think. Mm-hmm. The car that can fit golf clubs in. Yeah. Then you step up to the Artura, which is a Huracan rival and a McLaren MC, uh, Maserati MC20 rival. And you would say a Roma rival, but obviously very different cars. But essentially, the Artura is your kind of mid-level super sports car. So... Because the sports series. Okay, so I would say its biggest competitor is 911 Turbo S. Sure, 911 Turbo S, yeah. or yeah, or, or, or I'm going to say Huracan, but maybe I'm wrong. And then you go up to the Super Series, which is the 720S. Which I would think that's what the Hurricane competes Fine, with. okay, that's the F8 rival and things like that. So yeah. those are your kind of three tiers now of McLaren. You've got the, the Hyper Series at the top of the Ultra Series, what I've called, which are the P1s and the Senna's, but let's forget about them because they're not everyday cars. And of course, within those three variants, GT, Artura, 720, there are special versions. So 765LT, I'm sure we're going to see an Artura S or Artura R or something. GT as well, we don't know. But those are the three avenues now. Yep. So what are your thoughts on the car? It's it's a lot of money. Yes, well, (laughs) I mean, you've gone straight in with my... Oh, was that... Yeah, yeah, that was was the whole... (laughs) Any other thoughts before we come back to the prize? Well... Um, it it's a little bit. I think it looks a little bit uninspiring. If I'm honest, really, yeah, like it does look cool, but like I, I don't know, like our modern supercars. Same with like the F8 and the Hurricane Evo mm. as well. Like they're they're obvious. They're built for mass market production. Do, do you know what I mean? Like just kind of fit everyone. Mm. Like there's no real real proper curves and and guns and stuff. Yeah, like I I mean, I get where you're coming from. I think it's a good looking car. I think it's a it's I think it's a good evolution of 570S. Yeah. And I think some angles I you know, I disagree with you there. I think it looks good. Yeah, I mean it looks okay, but I just think it looks like it looks like a car that's been built to sell in numbers. That's what I think I'm trying to get at. Okay. Like to fit kind of everyone's eyes. Okay. So it's not I mean? not too controversial. Yeah, not like a 765 that's that's like Super aggro. Aggro, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Some people probably wouldn't buy it. Well, they would because it's 765. But what I mean is for looks. Yeah. Alone. No, I, I get what where I mean. you're coming from. I think, yeah, of course, whenever we're talking about uh, looks of a car, we're always going to, people are going to disagree. Differ, so, yeah. yeah. Of course. Um, 
Okay, and and in terms of, do you think it's good that they've got this new engine? Do you think it's good that they're, I mean, they're one of the first to implement a hybrid mass production. I mean, Ferrari and the SF90, of course, but that's a different level. So in terms of a supercar, mid-level supercar, sub 200K, theoretically. The, yeah. Won't be, <laughs> we're, we're coming back to that. We're coming back to that. The biggest problem I see with it is the Turbo S, mate. Yeah, so you keep saying. So stats-wise, 671 horsepower from the Artura, Three point yeah, three point oh three six. Five hundred and seventy seven is from the engine the engine and the ninety four from the electric. Yeah. But yeah, it it on paper compares to a Turbo S pretty close in terms of yeah, other stats. Probably identical and the Turbo S is more practical. It's more something you'll use every day because it just is, it'll just fit in, you know. It's not going to get yeah, but wasn't the five seventy S and the Turbo S always a rival anyway? I mean, they're different cars, right? I mean, you've got engines in different places. The yeah. Turbo S got four seats. It's a Porsche. It's a McLaren. I mean, yeah, I think. Okay, so let's come on to it because we're kind of trying to awkwardly we avoid the navigate main around it. Navigate around it, but yeah, the big problem I see with this car, and I talked about it when it was revealed, is yes, the price because I think the official UK price now is one hundred eighty-two thousand five hundred starting price. So that's without any options, and McLaren options are expensive. So by the time you've picked a nice paint and wheels and stuff like that, you're going to be probably tipping over two hundred k. Two ten, two twenty, yeah. I would think. Now, the reason I see that's a problem is that's a significant hike over 570S, which it replaces. 25 yeah. grand hike, I think. Well, you say that. My 570S yeah. list, list was, it was either 158 or 161 list. Yeah. So it's not not twenty five grand. So I was talking. Sorry, I meant starting price. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. I mean, uh, uh, yes. So starting price is twenty five grand, mm. but plus options. Yeah, you're looking. It's going to be a, a bit of a more significant yeah. increase there. Um, actually, maybe it's thirty five grand. Hundred and fifty was the five seventy S, wasn't it? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, so it's 35 grand. Was it late hike. 140s, 147 or 148? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is a significant hike. And I think, you know, the new tech and the amount that's changed justified for a price hike. Totally get that. Mm. I'm like, fair enough. Like, you know, you've done a lot of work in that car, so hike the price. But the problem is we've seen with McLaren's in general, and we spoke about it a lot on this podcast, they don't tend to hold their values particularly well. No. I've got another avenue, though, I'm going to attack this at. Maybe they've done it to protect the brand. As in, maybe they're not going to make as many. Maybe they're going to hold on the price. Maybe you're not going to be able to walk into a McLaren dealer and say, I'm not buying that car unless I get 50 grand off. Maybe maybe that's why they've had to put the price up because they plan on selling less. It's made the structure, as I say, make more sense because yeah. of GT, Artura, 720S. The pricing structure makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, and they're, yeah, they're less attainable at that price point as well. Mm. Uh, and you're right. Maybe this is a good move from them. I saw it as a, wow, that's going to be very painful for a few people because if it doesn't work out for them, if people are specking these cars up, this new era of McLaren, they're getting cars for 210, 215 grand, and six months later, they're at 150. I mean, the fire is going to keep burning. I mean, you know, people will keep fleeing. I mean, I'm hoping for all the reasons we've discussed before, that it's not the case. And as you say, this is a change of tactics now. But mate, I'll tell you what though, um, if you bought a Hurricane new, mm -hmm. you'd do the same money. Yeah, I, and I'm with you there. If you bought a F8 new, you'd probably do the same money because McLaren, Ferrari, Ferrari wouldn't give you any money off. Lamborghini will quite happily give you 20-odd grand off a new Hurricane now. I mean, and people forget that. When, when they do that, manufacturers, it's not good, it's bad because it means they can't sell them. 
So if you can sell something, it's why we always bang on about Porsche and Ferrari that, you know, they do hold their money better because they don't give you any money off in the first place. Mm -hmm. Some of their models they do, obviously, but the desirable ones, they don't. Well, and the prime example of this is the 600LT. Yeah. Which, you know, fundamentally should be as close as the uh, as it can be to Arturo in terms of performance. Mm. The 600LT, when it came out, McLaren dealers were offering an insane deal, which was what, 10 grand in and a grand a month? Was, was it, it five grand in? It was, I, I think it was it was ten or fifteen grand. It, they diff, they changed it. Fine, depending which dealer you were, and depending on what month you decided sure. to go in as well. But yeah, it was something like that, and it was twelve hundred quid a month. It was for nothing. It was for nothing. Yeah. I, the definitely the one I heard was was a grand, a bo- yeah. spot on a grand a month, and it was two years, a limited amount of mileage, which was still significant, like eight thousand miles like that for uh, over the two six, years, six thousand a year, six thousand a year. Yeah. And you can hand the, hand the car back. Yeah. And of course, so many people jumped on that, as even I was tempted to at one stage. And what we've ended up now is nearly approaching two years down the line. And the amount of LTs that are coming to the market at horrific value is insane. Well, they're one, they're 130, 135 now as two two-year-old cars with with not a lot of miles on them, a couple yeah. of thousand miles. So, yeah. Um, yeah that, you can blame that on the car. That is the manufacturer's yeah. fault. That's no one else's fault but the manufacturers because they built too many. Exactly, and and that deal already suggests inherently that the cars, you know, the value's not in the car, the, yeah. the product's not desirable as much. Because so if they if they steer away from doing that, as long as there's no insane Arturo deals that we're all hearing about and getting offered, and as you say, they're a bit strong with their price and the 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 amount that they're producing and all the quality and all these different things. We have hope because I do think it's cool. I say I, I'm excited. I mm. I definitely want to have a go. I'm hoping this is a new era. Um, I'm intrigued. And I'm excited. Proof in the pudding, mate. We're gonna we're gonna have to wait and see. We'll keep an eye on them. Hopefully, you'll get to drive one soon enough. And and uh, you know, I'm sure it'd be good because McLaren cars are good to drive. It's of just course. that the you know down the years we've always moaned about build quality and after sales and all the other bits that go with it. But the cars in general, the actual bits of metal. I've always been good. I've always been good. So yeah, let's wait and see. Let us know your thoughts below. McLaren Altura, are you a fan with the way it looks? Are you excited by the car as we are? I'll have a Turbo S. I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about all things Porsche. Uh, oh. Let's come on to it. GT3. Yeah. So we finally had the big unveil. It's been leaked out for, well, dripped out for ages now, hasn't it? We've had sort of, you know, Chris Harris doing a, yeah. picking up a bit, peeling back the curtain and things like that. But we now have the full details. And uh, we've talked about this car so much that really there's, one key fact that I want to hone in on, mm. which is the Nürburgring lap times. Yeah. So the car is 13 seconds quicker than its predecessor and six seconds quicker than the outgoing 3RS. Uh, it's 6.55? 6.59 or something, wasn't it? So I, mean, that, I mean, that's See, this, you're too much of a nerd. No, that's not, that's uh, like official news. Okay, well, the, uh, I mean, I can tell you. I know you're telling. 658.927. That's the that's the new. Was that the yeah? But that was that the new, was that the new track or because I heard it was six fifty five taken into account because they start a bit earlier now. Oh God, I don't know. Bore off. No, <laughs> Such no. a Nurburgring lap time okay. nerd. So, so hold on a sec. Let's see. Because uh, a lot of people are quoting old lap six fifty fives. So the uh, old lap, new lap. How bloody boring. Okay. So the current, all it is is it's thirteen seconds quicker. That's all we care than about. The old isn't it? car. Than the old car, yeah, and, and six not, seconds quicker than the three RS. Well, that's a lie. Because Why? The, because the the three RS was six fifty six, so this is six fifty five. So it's oh, a second. Hold on a second. I'm, I don't believe. Uh, 
okay, I can I can back this up historically. I know. <laughs> I know, but you're also sometimes so bloody minded that even if you're wrong, you're you just won't admit it. I won't it. be wrong. Like, okay, but Ken ended up with this with the quickest six fifty nine point ninety seven on the run of the full circuit. Um, using the old lap timing methodology, that's six fifty five. Well Correct. done. So uh, three RS. Six fifty six. GT three RS Nurburgring time. Uh, GT three. Oh my god, this is so boring. Six fifty six. Okay, well done. So what did we just say? You said it was six seconds. It's a second. Now I'll tell you why it's not six seconds. First of all, Nurburgring lap times. You know why the reason why they go to Nurburgring? Right. Is because if they done it at Silverstone, the times would be. <laughs> so small yeah. that people wouldn't get... This is a marketing tool, mate, to sell of the co- car. Of course. The so, length of the track correct. makes the gaps seem even more significant. Exactly of right. Of course. So it. So in previous years, Porsche, they're very clever, and I can tell you for the next five years the process of how they're going their, their cars and what their times are going to be. So the, 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 the current GT3 that's just come out... Yeah is as fast as the outgoing free RS. The, the the new free RS that's coming in now yeah. will be like a Manti free RS, free RS now, round Nürburgring. So it'll be right. another, another 10 seconds faster than that car. So it'll be like 6.45, roughly. Okay, because the two RS was 6.47. Correct. It won't be, <clears> won't <throat> be quite as fast as that, but it won't be far off. Right. So... But three seconds around the Nürburgring is is like literally nothing. Around a normal track, there'd be nothing between them, and that's how that's how they increment the changes. It's always what did what did the old car get? The new car can come in at that a bit faster because they can probably make them much faster. But how do they sell the next car? If the, you know, yeah, they've always got to be able to improve. Correct. I'm absolutely furious that there's such thing as a different lap now at the Nürburgring. How, I mean, how is that a thing? How can you release times? We go, well, it's did not on this lap time. That's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so, so... Now you can't judge. Well, you can. It's just that, that the, the extra bit on the lap of the Nürburgring is about four seconds slower. Nearly five seconds... Sorry, five seconds slower, yeah, because it's a bit longer. So... Well, I'm just... I, I'm furious. I mean, I'm here all week. <laughs> To, you- to talk about Porsche nerd out <laughs> technology is such a loser. I can't bear it. It's not a I'm loser. here a week for all of your Porsche questions. Um, so, okay, fine. Well, now that you've been able to nerd out about that, I'm with you. So the big thing here, which I'm hearing, is that this new car is all about its air. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Arrow. Of course. Because, of course, on paper, it's only 10 horsepower more and blah, blah, blah. But the arrow is what's making it so significantly quicker. Mm. So uh, much Suspension as well. So yes. it's got proper rose joint suspension like the 3RS. It's probably got a little bit bigger tyres. Because this is what they do, mate. They, li- they literally just put small things on them every year. And you can read them like a book, which is why they're so good. Which is why I like them so much. Same as you drive them. You, they're so predictable. You read them like a book. They're so good to drive fast on track. And um, it is all about the aero, of course. And round a normal track, it'll, there'll be nothing in all of them. But because it's Nürburgring and it's exacerbated 10, ten yeah. years to go round, that's when it really... Co- and, and the Nürburgring, you've been round there, it's really flowy and it is all about downforce. It's not really about brakes and handling a bit but it's a really flowy track of course so much high speed correct it's all so it's all aero so that's, that's why it's going to win yeah so the thing is we've now seen of course a lot of that aero is coming from that rear wing which the final design has been revealed and i think a lot of duck wing duck wing thank you mm. a lot of purists or a lot of people, oh, i don't know if i could handle that wing though but i think after a day i'm already actually quite liking it but if you can't handle it don't buy it and and if you're moaning about it, it's normally the people that can't afford them anyway. Do you know what I mean? In general. Yeah, I think it's the people who aren't getting their slots and are therefore sure. complaining about it on Instagram. Yeah. But I think it's that thing where so much of car design, they have to push things forward, they have to change. And mm. a lot of the time, look at 720S, we all go, oh God, it's awful. And then a little bit later, we're like, oh, I'm kind of coming around to it. Yeah. Same with M3, M4. Um, and I think that wing, you know, a lot of people are using it as a sort of, yeah, you're saying, you're right, an escape goat. It's like, oh, I'm not going to get one because I, I, that wing is too much for me. Yeah. Um, but also because of the way that social media has kind of pushed things over the last few years, I think touring now is like this, people are like obsessed with the idea of touring. Like that, oh, I'm going to wait for the touring. Well, obviously, as we know, in the last generation, it was kind of like a slightly forgotten, like overlooked thing touring. Don't go on track with it if you want the touring. Well, this is the whole thing, right? So if this car, this is what is moving me on to, if this car's the big advancements are in aero, right? That's what they're really pushing for. And of even course. speaking to Porsche UK, they said, look, if we're doing a UK launch, we want to go somewhere where we can show off this car's aero. So then is the touring actually going to be a little bit mute point as in the sense where it's going to be a half, you know, it's, you're not, uh, do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, I would think the touring compared to the, because don't forget the 991.2 mm-hmm. is already a very good car. Mm-hmm. So the touring version, I would think, won't be too much different to the to the outgoing one essentially right. because of the wings and the air it just hasn't got it manual can you have a PDK in it can't have it? a PDK so it's manual as touring, well they're saying the new one you'll be able to yeah it's more a it's more a road car it's 100% a road yeah. car yeah whereas a, 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 a GT3 is something you can use on track and if you want to go hardcore again that's when you go RS 
and GT2. We've yeah. already done the segments of this before. A GT3 is a road car you can drive on track. An RS, the RS models are track cars for the road. That's how they split them. And the Touring is a road, road car. car that you could have taken on track, but actually now you should just keep on the road. Yeah, because it's not got it's not got the aero. And if you look at race cars historically, F1 cars yeah, as well, yeah. they they never got these big engines anymore. And loads and loads of F1s are not a very good example, but GT cars in general, they only have five hundred horsepower, mate. They don't. Oh yeah, it's all about the aero. It's all about aero. It's all about aero, of course, forcing you into the forcing yeah. you into the road. So yeah, okay. Well, long story short, I don't really know the points that I was trying to get at, but I think fundamentally. I think new G3 is an improvement as much as we would expect. I don't, of course. you know, I don't think is it's taken this huge leaps and bounds that over above any other generation. I think it looks good. I think it's, you know, I think it will be amazing. I've now spent some time recently in a 992 Carreras. I still think it's big. I think it still think it's bug, uh, bulky. I, I'll be interested to see how that Same changes. Size. Yeah, but, uh, no, but it f- does feel in the cabin. It feels big for sure. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be interested to see how that translates into a GT3 product. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we'll see. But very cool that it's now finally here. The one thing we can get straight and categorically right about the GT3, it will be the best car. It's just because for what it does, it will be the best car because that's what they do and it's what they've been doing for 30 years, mate. So, uh, you know, we can pick the bones out of, oh, it's 20 grand deer in the old car and... Because it is. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. 20 grand more. They're mm-hmm. 140, isn't it? No, no. spec cars like 155 now. So funny how you and I differ on starting price and spec <laughs> cars. Isn't it? You, you literally do not acknowledge starting price. No, because no one, no one buys standard cars. I get it. Like, yeah. fine. But also, in my mind, spec can differ so much, right? Yeah. So that's yeah, why I always go starting price Fair. plus plus. But <laughs> every time we talk about yeah, it, yeah. we're the opposite. In that well, sense. that's the dealer bit in me. That's the yeah, job. That, that, I want to yeah. know the, the end bit. End bit, yeah. And um, they're, so they're easily 20 grand. So my orange GT3. It's 120 it starts out, isn't it? It Sorry. was 120 plus options. I think my car was 135. So I think you can get the new one to sort of 160. So it's 25 grand more. I think it's starting, hold on a sec. I'm sure it starts cheaper than I thought. I'm doing a lot of Googling. I should have really looked at it. be more than 120, mate. uh, And the old car was about 120, plus options. I thought the old car was 11 something. Hold on. 117. I literally saw this earlier. Sorry, guys. Bear bear with us while I do my job. It was 117 because the first generation was 111. Okay, so Return of the King. This is Drive Tribe. Come on, Drive Tribe. Help us, please. I believe in you. The um, car to uh, be pricely, 140 and a... Uh, no, I'm right. Don't worry. Okay. You I'm, can rely on me, boy. What are you saying? What are you saying? It's so, I, I'm saying, I'm saying... Who cares what I'm saying? It's 155... 123! Plus options. Plus options. Right. So the old car... So, <laughs> so standard to standard is about six or seven grand more. The options are obviously more on the new car than the old car. We've been talking about this car for so long. Now it's finally here. We stumbled over ourselves quite a lot, didn't yeah, we? we did. <laughs> long story short, well, GT3 you did. Is here. Yeah, <laughs> I did. So, good point. You absolutely nerded out. 
<laughs> well, let's move on uh, and not embarrass ourselves anymore. Uh, so end of last week, Ferrari sent out a video to its dearest customers. Uh, unfortunately, neither of us. Um, revealing some details. I know you didn't get that email. Uh, about the new limited hardcore variant of the 812, yeah. which people are believing is going to be called the version speciale. Oh, not GTO. Speciale. Yeah, everyone thought it was going to be GTO. Now, all I will jump in on here, so that I haven't actually watched the video that's been circulated. It, it, somebody posted it to Instagram, basically, which I'm sure they weren't allowed to do, but YOLO. Oh, yeah. um, and in it, they go, oh, the 812 version speciale. Now, that could just be Ferrari saying it's the special version of the 812, not yeah. confirming the name yet. But everyone's decided that, that means it's 812 VS, 812 version speciale. So that could have been a code name, but I need to watch the video because maybe he said, I can now confirm the name is, and I'm going to look like an idiot. But basically inviting the customers it's invited <laughs> to buy the car. That's what I love. Like, hello, we are inviting you to invite yourself to buy the car. <laughs> Classic Ferrari, but I'm glad to see that they're still doing things properly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we know nothing. We, we don't know anything about the car no. looks, any details, but of course, as expected, it will be an even harder, theoretically lighter, maybe a bit more track-focused A12, which in my mind sounds absolutely pointless, but the best thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I it's one of my favourite cars, the F12 TDF. Oh. So. The dream. Uh, yeah, the 812. And and probably the last, last, last V12. <laughs> last, now should be as well. Will it be, if you've got the SF90 at 1,000 horsepower, it's got to be below that, right? So we're thinking 900 horsepower? Or you uh, think it's going to be under 900 horsepower? Uh, wait, uh, uh, what was the... Uh, 812. Yeah, it's 800, right? Mm-hmm. 800 Roughly. horsepower, yeah. yeah. So maybe 850. Hun- yeah, it won't be 100 no. more, will yeah, it? Yeah, 850 odd horsepower. Yeah, yeah be under the SF90. Anyway, so yeah, as soon as we know more about that, we'll share it. Apparently going to be announced this week, so potentially you guys would have seen it by the time this podcast goes out. Who knows? Mm. Uh, another car that I personally am excited about, which I'm not expecting Tony you to be that excited about, uh, is the upcoming Morgan Plus 8 GT. No, I'm really, I'm really excited about that Do car. Do you see that pictures? No. Oh. <laughs> you are such a... Done him. <laughs> how, do I, how do I walk into that one? Because earlier you're, talking, a, you're talking about gold wings and pagolas. I was like, oh, maybe you'd be up this. Okay. Now we're even. <laughs> so, Plus 8 GT. Uh, this is based on the outgoing old plus eight shape. Yeah. Uh, but it's basically, I couldn't quite understand it. I think recently or back in the day, uh, sort of independence bought some plus eights to kind of make them into track cars. And then they didn't, they kind of abandoned the project. So now Morgan are taking it on themselves. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be a super hardcore fire breathing track focused, beautifully designed V8 monster Morgan. Made out of wood. Yeah, I mean, I, I think well, that's, <laughs> that's going to work well on track, then, isn't it? It's got you know, woodwork. All made out of wood. You do know that, right? What? Not, it's not literally like a rolling piece of wood. There's a lot of like al- aluminum. In well, I'd hope so. Yeah, because it <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't literally go around a corner, would it? At that point. But has it got some wood in it? I would hope so. Right, it's then. not a Morgan. Otherwise, let's see Morgan. Um, so the the thing is, there was a back in the nineties. There was a few Morgan race cars mm. um and uh and they were sort of very cool looking and uh why am i struggling i'm really googling too much today and so this is supposed to like get a lot of that sort of inspiration like big flared arches classic like racing wheels and things like that uh so i just want to see oh, i'm not gonna have to find it will, but, you, will you will you do some b-roll on the pictures because i don't even know what car you're talking about oh you don't even know what it looks like no no 
Oh, I'm going to find it on here. Then. But I'll watch this back and then I'll know. No, I'll show it to you on the phone right oh. now. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll overlay it just so that you yeah, can no, react so to everyone, it. Because no one else will know what you're talking whilst about. Whilst we're talking about. <laughs> no, they will. This was big news last week. It's called the GTR, they're calling it. Plus eight Not GTR. No- so where's the... Oh, I that saw that. Cool. I did see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool, right? Um, so here I we go. I think you posted the story, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I saw um, it. They haven't really talked about exactly how it's going to be put together. But anyway, super cool. So I'm, ex- I'm excited by that. I'm a big Morgan fan. Hunk and Great V8. Um, let's see what comes out of it. I just think it's cool that they're doing special projects. Why so. are you a Morgan fan? Because I love them. I love the look and feel of a Morgan. Like an E-Type. You're getting all that old school occasion and visceral experience in a relatively modern car. Oh, fair. So, you know, I'm a fan from that. Maybe I'll like them. Not sure you will. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, let's step away from new car reveals. Onto maybe future tech because synthetic fuels. Ah. Now, following the GT3 announcement last week, Porsche basically came out with this kind of like semi big announcement that they're really plunging a ton of money into synthetic fuel development. Well, we kind of got wind of this last year, didn't we? Yeah, we talked about it a bit mm. in our sort of, you know, our frustrations with the EV infrastructure and. Or mine. And yours. Um, oh, or mine. What do you mean? Or oh, you love EV. No, oh my god! Why are you winding me up today? No, you. Well, I do. You like EV? Yes or no? EVs. I am embracing EVs. Right, which is what you say to me. Embrace it. I don't want to embrace it. I so. am infuriated by the infrastructure. We both agree on that. We, both but I like the EVs. Right, there are good EVs out there. Right, I don't think there are. <laughs> We'll move on. We will move on. So, well, as a lifeline for you, Porsche basically said that they hope to be able to get their synthetic fuels good enough that they can work in their combustion engines. Very good. So everyday road cars that we're already using here and now, we could be able to fill in, uh, stop off at a traditional petrol station and put some synthetic fuels in our car and off we go and it will significantly reduce carbon emissions. 85%. 85% is what they're aiming for. Um, Now... It's an interesting one, this, because Porsche are putting a lot of money into EV development, as we know, Taycan, et cetera, et cetera. Can run fun- alongside, though, mate. Well, of course, but, but it's not cheap to develop EVs, Mm-mm. you know, as, as we know. So it's also not going to be cheap to develop synthetic fuels. No. But for performance brands, for sports car enthusiasts and companies, mm. you have to suggest or think that this is the future because the FIA have already done a... Big push for synthetic fuels. Yep. Jean-Todd came out, came out saying that he wants Formula One to run on synthetic fuels in the next few years and all of motorsport. Well, that's that's going to be the, the, the big giveaway of whether it's actually going to go anywhere because that's where it will start. Of course, it could be the catalyst. You yep. know, If you're getting some of the most uh, genius brains and engineers to work on this and implement it into high-level motorsport, that does tend to trickle down into road cars eventually. That's what we've seen before. It's only nowadays that sometimes there's a discord between Formula One tech and road car tech, but synthetic fuels could be a major thing. As I say, the performance sports enthusiast car market, you know, so we're not talking about mass production EVs because that's where we're going. Everything mass produced, unfortunately, is going to go EVs. Whether that's the future or the final picture, we don't know. And I'm fine with that. If you've got to go to work and you do 60 miles a day, it's absolutely perfect. Theoretically. Theoretically. Yeah, as long if, as it doesn't melt the national grid. Oh, the, yeah. Well, we've been through that before, <laughs> yeah. and, and the infrastructure's there. Then, fine. But the, the, the performance bit will never work, as far as I'm concerned, with EV, because a big part of performance is noise. 
and actually, as we come to it, I have a new C63S okay. downside, nice. outside, coupe yeah. one. It's a very nice car, and um, it's actually a little bit annoying, because they've put them stupid filters on, yeah. obviously. Yeah, of course, have um, to. Have to. So, we know that they then plug the noise through the speakers. BMW were one of the first to do it in the in the M4 mm-hmm. in 2015 or 14, whenever it came out. Um, and it is a bit annoying, and it does make the more the make the cabin more noisy. Um, but it is a very nice place to be, and you can hear the rumble of the engine still. And I'm I was driving it here today, just you know, just thinking amongst myself and thinking, well, the new car is going to be a two liter car. We know that now. Who's going to buy it? Because that's the whole reason why for me. I'm driving that car at the moment because it's got a nice V8 engine in it and at least you can hear something still, although it is a little bit engineered for the speakers. But if you undo the window, you can still hear the car. The most annoying bit is the nine-speed gearbox they put in it. I mean, it's really annoying. Just keep getting lost in the just, gears. Just keeps going, just keeps changing gear. <laughs> you never know which one you're in. <laughs> yeah, Where's first? <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, this is, of course, a bigger, wider conversation, which we should really touch on in another episode. But when I was working with Harman Kardon, uh, 2019, mm. I went to their headquarters and learned all about how they're developing this kind of internal engine or audio. How do you shape the sound of cars from the future and not Mm. just EVs? As you're saying, smaller and smaller combustion engines. How do you keep the experience enjoyable for the driver or for the passenger? Um, And they can obviously create whatever sounds they want. Taycan's a great example where they've got that a performance sound, whatever they call it. And you're... Yeah, I mean, it sounds terrible. I right? think it sounds great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we're going to have to see more... And they're going to... Some people are going to get it wrong. Some people are going to get it right. Of course. But also, the key thing is manufacturers are going to have to or try to create their own sounds mm. so that you know what an Aston Martin is or a Mercedes is because a traditional Mercedes AMG V8 had a very identifiable noise or sound. It did. Um, and so, yeah, a big question mark for it for sure. But I think that exciting thing about synthetic fuels is there is a, a potential future where the cars that we've been talking about for decades, E-types or 360s, F12 TDFs, could not be able to go out onto the road because fuel stations might not exist. Mm. Like we do live in a world now where you could see governments announcing that by 2050, they don't want fuel stations mm. or the taxes are so high that these companies are going to have to Close down the fuel stations. I don't think that'll happen that soon, but, mate. Cause but Shell have just in, invested huge amounts in EV stations. They have, yeah. Putting in charging setups in a lot of their stations. And the more and more that people push towards EVs being the forefront, the more and more manufacturers are offering EVs, governments are pushing people to buy EVs, there's going to be less and less demand for petrol stations, mm. for traditional oils. And so, therefore, it could be even harder to run, to own, to live with an old combustion engine car. Yeah. Whilst if we were able to switch to synthetics, it means that we have the ability to keep running these older cars. Of course. In a cleaner way. Yeah. So I, I'm all for it. I think it's a huge, huge sign of hope. Who knows where it's going to come? I don't think it's like, okay, we're all saved. Everyone's going to keep building, you know, v, V12 engines. But I think it's more of a sign of hope for cars that already exist. And I, I think it's more than hope, mate, because if Porsche are plunging a load of money into something in general, they're doing it for a reason because they're confident they can make it work. Because, well, not just Porsche, it's... It's It's the VW Group, Bentley are doing it. Yeah, exactly. So they're doing it for a reason because they, obviously in the VAG Group, you've got all these performance cars. And like I said, 
without engine noise, mate, they're nothing. What are Ferrari going to do without engine noise? I mean, I mean, there's so people slag me off sometimes because in yeah, or Lambo. I mean, in videos, I often talk about oh, you know, you just pump the sound into the cabin. Who cares? I think if it's done right, which it very rarely is, it can be okay with the windows up as a driver if it's done right. I think mm. there can still be a synthetic or an amplified noise which enhances the driving experience. That is ruined the minute you get to a tunnel and go, oh, let's put the windows down yeah. and it's quieter. Yeah, of course. Uh, and that was a big thing in the Lexus LFA. L- a lot louder in the cabin because they work with Yamaha to really amplify the noise and the experience in the cabin. The actual exhaust of an LFA is quite quiet. Mm. Amazing tone, but actually quite quiet. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's what they're going to have to battle. Now, what are your thoughts? Very controversial. If they start using the technology that they're doing for the interior on the exterior and start using synthetic exterior noises. Good shout, to be honest. As in, I mean, they, they, one thing's for sure, they've got to find a way to keep people in their cars that buy them for noise. Because, listen, the amount of people that come in to me, the first thing they do is rev the car up, see what it sounds like. But we are the few, mate. We are the few. We are the enthusiasts. Mass market, firstly, are leaning away from buying cars full stop. But secondly, they don't. my sister could not care less. Your sister couldn't, but, but in the performance world, which is a huge market, right across the range, whether you're buying a 20 grand Mini or you're buying a million pound Bugatti, the performance market is huge. Totally agree with you there. And hence why we've seen... AMG and S-Line and M-Line rolling out across the brand, you know, because people want to be able to sort of hint towards performance and, and, and money. And even people that don't care, mate, they go, Whoa, I've got a, yeah. I've got a, I've got an S-Line car or I've got, exactly. I've got an, they, don't, they don't really know what they bought, but. Do you not think manufacturers are going to start twisting that towards luxury and status and symbolism rather than necessarily performance? Because, there is a big part of it. I say, take us out of the equation that are buying it for the idea of what it is. People will go and buy a G-Wagon not for its 0-60 time or its engine, but because of it, it's being a status symbol. Of course. So at the same time, would and you go and buy... And for the way it sounds. Yeah. Well, yeah, but no, but Kim, Kim Kardashian probably doesn't give a crap how it sounds. No. She couldn't care less, but she's probably bought more G-Wagons than the whole of the UAE. But that's because someone's advising her to buy that because he likes the sound of them. No, he's not, mate. It's because no, of what that car... Firstly, I think she'll be the first woman to stand up and tell you, like, no man tells me what to do. <laughs> but but it's not. It's because that what that car represents, the status that it yeah. gives, like the image that it gives. And and I that's what I see happening is that RS5, or as we're seeing it with Jaguar, Jaguar came out and say, we're going to go all electric, luxury premium brand. You know, and, and therefore you're changing it so that there's still a desirability factor. It's still a status symbol. Oh my God, you got a Jaguar? Wow. Like, don't pull that face. Um, <laughs> and the buyers then are buying it for a different reason, but also some of the same reasons. Mm. And of course, us, the petrolhead enthusiasts who want big shouty V8s and noise and emotion and feeling, we're getting fewer and fewer choices. But those who sit just behind us, the guy who's buying is... Porsche, not for the way that Porsche sounds, but because it's a Porsche. Because people are. There's city bankers. Sorry, guys. Um, That's true. Who buy a Porsche 911 because it's a, it's Porsche, a Porsche 911. Yeah. No other reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So, from from coming from that angle then, are we a dying breed? 
as the generations go, are the, are these uh, my daughter? She's mm-hmm. four. Mm-hmm. Well, is this all she's going to know? She's is she going to care about an engine or? I don't think so. Mm. I genuinely don't think so. I th- I think I'm fuming. Yeah, <laughs> sorry to ruin your day, <laughs> um, but I, I do think we're a dying breed because I think the priorities or what people look for in their cars as a performance car is going to be premium car. Mm. There's still going to be some elements which carry over. Bentley, for example, they're pushing towards EV because what they're actually selling is more an idea, as I say, a status, a premium luxury feel with, yes, some elements of performance, but that performance isn't inherently tied into the engine, the sound. No. You know, it's more about the overall experience, getting in, getting out, looking at it, saying you own a Bentley, what it feels like inside. But they've always been like that. Absolutely. But then, as I say, I think Jaguar are the first people that have shown, oh, it's Paul Wallace, should I pick up? (laughs) Going on him. You're live on the podcast. Is that why Tony's not replying? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why Tony's not replying. I don't think you're going to come across very well on audio, so can I call you back afterwards? <laughs> Go away! <laughs> I want to tell everyone how good the Honda NSX is. <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell everyone how good the Honda NSX is. Okay, we'll schedule for next week's episode, okay? You can come on and chat to her about it. Fantastic. Bye. Bye. <laughs> so Paul Wallace wants to buy a Honda NSX, apparently. Anyway, moving on. So yeah, my point being that if Jaguar are one of the first to do this, well, they're not the first, but one of these other brands to do this, that that is my feeling. I, I do think we are a dying breed. I think people like Porsche, like Ferrari, like Lambo, are still going to exist in some shape or form. I think we'll be okay. We might have to suck it up, or you might have to suck it up, Tony, by slightly older cars. Um, but I, I think we're going to see this more and more, that the, the younger generation want a different thing from their... RS brand. RS will mean something different in 25 years. Mm. I'll tell you what then, From an, again, from another angle, all these older cars all have to be a little bit careful then, don't we? Because it's not going to be worth anything if we can't fuel them up. There you go. So it needs that synthetic fuel to get the 360 still going. Oh, anything. Yeah. Anything that, that that's petrol powered. Is this the beginning of the end? Why are we all running out buying petrol cars? You sound like my dad now, but, but I... Well, because... Oh, he's got a point. He has got a point. Well, because I do think it's... I do think it's a slow burnout. I think, you know, hey, we all know how quickly these things can change. Governments, you know, make rule changes all the time. So it could all change in the flick of a switch. But, hey, there's still fuel at the filling station. So for as long as that's the case, I'm going to own a petrol car. Yeah, me too. Um, but as quick as quick as car values go up, they go down, mate. So true that. if people are buying LaFerraris for investments, how long is it before they come back down? Because you can't put any fuel on them anymore. Does it then become an art piece, though? Well, that would be the only... You can't drive it, you just got to look at it. Exactly that. But quite a lot of people, mate, they... Not laughs, but in general, buy some of these cars on finance, which always... They buy investment cars on finance to pay interest to make money. But they're not making any money because they're paying the interest on the finance. They're not really investment pieces. I've got a business idea. Okay. From now until 2030... Yeah. Every month, let's go and fill up like 20 jerry cans of fuel. And just store them somewhere. What? <laughs> you mate, why don't we just buy a petrol station then? Oh, we can buy a petrol station and just <laughs> close it from now until. Because uh, in 2030, they'll come and knock in. And <laughs> then we can be like those guys who sell Nike shoes for 500 pounds. Yeah, yeah. We can sell jerry cans for 10 mil. Yeah. Because people will buy this. There'll be somebody uh, out there with a 250 GTO going, yeah. oh, I'll pay whatever you want. Yeah. 
I've just cracked it and I've given it away to everyone listening on the podcast, <laughs> which is now 40,000 people on YouTube. Thank you so much. And as I say, we're not knocking audio any listeners. We love you as well. You're, you're a smaller group, but we kind of adore you. I How adore you. How many have you got on there? Uh, it's about 50, it's growing from about 15 to around 18,000. But it's not bad, mate. Because oh, really, it's a solid group. That's how I listen to podcasts. Yeah, and we've only been, don't forget, we've only been doing this regularly for a, about a year, just over mm. a year, regularly, yeah, solidly. Yeah. And that and that's ultimately why it, it's grown. You know, we dipped in and out of it, didn't we, before? Well, I, I hate to say it, but COVID has helped the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Which is an awful thing to say. But anyway, uh, long long live the, the regularity of this show. Uh, we hope you guys have enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, lots, lots that we talked about, lots that we discussed. Slightly dodgy section on the GT3, but we'll skip over that. <laughs> um, we'll be back next week, apparently, with Paul Wallace to discuss his new love of the Honda He's not NSX. coming in here, is he? Well, no, we'll call him. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be it. Uh, so that we can hang out when we get bored. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. You know why he wants the NSX, don't you? Why? Because he really likes that Atura, but the NXS is is the next best thing. No, Artura versus NSX, that's not it's not a thing. They're both V six hybrids. Oh yeah, but mate, like But what? That's like saying I'm trying to think, that's like saying a C sixty three is a is a speciale. They're both V eight. No, one's turbo, one's naturally aspirated. Oh, get over yourself. You know what I'm trying to say? No, I like, don't. Uh, well, think of another crap V8 and an amazing V8. You can't say it's got the same engine, so it's literally the same car. Well, I can. Firstly, different litres, different technology, different way of dis- using the hybrid technology, four-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive. Okay. Is the NSX four-wheel drive? <laughs> Let's move on quickly. <laughs> Fire it. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Catch up next week. Bye. <laughs> A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.